Is there still a viable center in American politics? Matt Grodsky, Democratic political operative. Tyler Montague, Republican political operative. Discuss. From KTAR News, this is The Think Tank, hosted by Dr. Mike O'Neill. Little reflection on the prospects for getting out of the sort of the mire that we're in right now. Uh, I'm going to go to you first, Tyler. Uh, the MAGA faction seems in total control of the Republican Party in Arizona and nationally. Uh, the Republicans just got whooped both in Arizona and nationally. Normally, what happens is the moderate, pragmatic faction that fundamentally wants to win elections takes over. But that seems not to have happened. Uh, the MAGA win wing has no particular attachment to democracy or majority rule. Uh, they re- rejected the internationalist Democratic Republican consensus over the last 75 years. Uh, no particular affection for racial reckoning. Want to sanitize our history. Seem to worship gun and see guys like you as rhinos and the enemy. So. Given that, I know you want to be optimistic, but that's that's kind of the lay of the... Do I have that wrong? No, I think it's a pretty bleak scenario right now. <laughs> You've got a lot of that right. Well, Democrats don't, you know, they've got their woke crazies that are that are fodder for Republicans. But I don't think it's of the same... I mean, we're not sort of dealing with the same fact set, I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know... Um, uh, I, I don't think there's an equivalence here, but is there any way with sort of a MAGA-controlled Republican Party to bring about any kind of reconciliation, given that we're not dealing with same fact sets? There's an alternate information universe that they live in, and they don't – you know, the, the, the problem is that Trump has enabled – uh, the erosion of critical institutions, and by institutions I mean our our norms, you know, formal institutions and our norms of behavior, where we respect the rules. You lose an election, you say congratulations. We better go back to the drawing table, and they 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 deny that. Uh, ninety. Per- we used to have ninety percent basically respecting the Supreme Court. That's right. You went to court. The court made a decision. And just like an election, you said, well, I maybe didn't like that result, but I accept the legitimacy of the process and we'll move. We'll move yeah, on. The Supreme it. Court doesn't have the personal army to enforce their decisions. Mm-hmm. It's based off of our agreement to respect these things. That's what makes America not a banana republic, that we follow the rules and we, we play within those rules. So as soon as you start breaking that apart, which is what we've seen. Uh, we're we're in trouble now. I think the the MAGA faction does have firm control of the Republican Party right now, and you know a lot of your thought leaders in the Republican Party don't like that. But what they witnessed is that you can be destroyed by this group, and I think it really goes down to the way we are electing people, because when you have a situation where a majority of the the voting uh, populace that does not agree with what the far right or far left, for that matter, think, yet your election process delivers 
these people. It rewards this behavior. And well, I, I think that's so the arithmetic is that a majority of a, a majority. Let's assume that in Arizona, the Republicans are a slight majority. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not. They're really a plurality. They're the biggest. The biggest plurality. Okay. Yeah. And if a majority of or not even a majority, but a majority of those who happen to vote in primaries, which, of course, further restricts it. That's right. But that can, in fact, be something like 30, 35 percent of the entire public. Oh, it less. You so know, let's say you have yeah. let's say you have uh, usually what about 30, 40 percent of the um, electorate participates in the primary. So if if the Republican Party is 35, 40 percent of the population and you have a, a third of that, we're down to about 10 percent. Yeah, you got you have like an eighth mm-hmm. uh, who are picking it. And then the rest uh, get to the general election like, well, I'm not you know, I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't like the choice. Center right, so mm-hmm. I, they just go along, and what you get is people who can't solve problems together anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard to solve problems. I mean, look at this situation in the state government right now. Mm-hmm. Governor has a veto, and uh, the legislature's basically they're they're dug in. Nobody's comp- nobody's budging on either side to compromise on anything. Right, they're passing a whole lot of stuff that they know is going to get vetoed. They're just flexing for the base, and nothing is going to happen that isn't a consensus, you know, for the most part. Uh, you know, there may be some things where people decide not to die on every single hill, mm-hmm. but nothing's going to happen until, you know, Ken Bennett might be, you know, he's he's someone that was there back when mm-hmm. government was split before, and people need to learn how to make some compromises. Matt Grodsky, uh, this pretty dismal picture that uh, <laughs> I, Tyler is usually the optimistic guy in here. I I don't know if I got you off on a, a track or whatever. But can <laughs> you uh, do you have any grounds for optimism? Here? I've got grounds for optimism. I I don't want to mislead people and say that it's an easy path back to normalcy, but I think the the fundamental thing we have to remember is that you need two healthy political parties to make our discourse work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing I and I'm the Democrat in the studio today, but but the thing that I always tell um, my Democratic colleagues is we need to be helping the folks like Tyler in this fight on the opposite side of the aisle because we need to help them get the Republican Party back to some sense of normalcy where the MAGA faction isn't dictating how the discourse works. I, I don't. How, how does a Democrat do that? I mean, parties do their own thing. And, well, vote for us. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Well, I think it's well, vote in the, Republican primaries. I, I well, suppose it, that would it, that'd be it, quite a it's a, a more holistic view. Mm-hmm. It's uh, there needs to be some shared goals in terms of thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. Tyler's talking about the way that these folks get elected and, and kind of the influence of primaries. You know, I do think that there's a potential path to success in rethinking how primaries are done, where we're not giving such a voice to the most extreme elements of parties and essentially shoehorning in the most radical members to a general election that are going to be you know, revoked by the general population. My biggest fear is that continuing election cycles like this are not sustainable for the country, where there's one candidate that's pro-democracy and the other one is is very fascistic. One of these we're going to lose, right? And then the country's going to just go off of a cliff. So you've got to have two fundamental, nice, sound working parties. Um, so I think there needs to be a shared goal on both sides to get back to that. How do you get there? I think you make it so that everybody has to face the entire electorate. If you're going to have multiple rounds of voting like a primary at at every round, city councils do it that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and city councils are pretty well known for being highly approved of by the, the yep. population. And, and, and they have people that work together. They yep. function. They have to. They can't not have your garbage picked up or have police and fire. Right. I mean, they, they, get it, they get the job done. You, They're not perfect. You know, there's one other thing that city councils have. 
that the legislature does not. It's open meetings law. You are not allowed to meet in a majority caucus uh, in private, whereas uh, in the legislature, both parties meet privately, no record of it, and basically use a unit rule. In other words, you have a situation right now where, the say, the Arizona State Senate is 16-14, right? Mm-hmm. If in the caucus they're sort of nine to seven on something in the Republican caucus because they're the 16, you can have nine votes out of 30 constitute an effective majority, Mm. which defies the laws of arithmetic, really. Well, it really just makes it so you can't get anything done. Well, when you have a Democratic governor, if you have a, a trifecta. Then you can do almost anything. And that has been the situation here. The political situation in Arizona is that the Republicans have de facto controlled the legislature for almost every year in the last 60 years. There have been uh, Democratic governors periodically, Janet Napolitano being the most recent. Well, interestingly, Janet Napolitano faced a Republican legislature that was almost veto proof, it was almost two to one. But it was filled with people she could work with. I don't see those folks there right now, even though Katie Hobbs is facing a Republican legislature that is just barely Republicans by one vote in each case. Yeah, it, they've purged those people. You know, Rusty Bowers, who, who by the way, is no squish. He's a he's a hard conservative. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I mean, I remember back when we used to think that Rusty Bowers was was considered far right by Democratic standards. Well, I think by any we were, standards, right. he is. However, he had a, a he believed in a principle. Right. Yeah, he, he respects said, the institution. Respects the institution. I think on any left right continue, he's out very. On yeah. the far right side, but was not willing to throw out – not so far right as to be willing to throw out democracy. Right. Yes. But to Tyler's point, they've they've purged those principle-minded mm-hmm. legislators, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why you've got the discourse that you've got now, and you've got to find some way to fix that. And a lot of that is is coming back to talking about issues in terms of universal truths, You know, getting back down to that city council level, the way they're running in more of a nonpartisan way. Taking the rhetoric out of these campaigns and out of this legislation, I think, gets back to a sense of normalcy that most people respect. Well, I'm hearing implicit in this is some of the solution is is some variant of what's in effect proposed as the top two system where the the key element that you mentioned is every time somebody goes for an election, they face the entire electorate, Mm -hmm. not some sliver segment of it, which you get in a in a primary based system. You can have a primary, but everybody's in it. Blue districts are still going to be blue. Red's still going to be red. Mm -hmm. But it will be people who can govern. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you may and, and, and you may have the, the possibility in those either heavily blue or heavily red districts where um, a party uh, and the electorate sees the advantage of, OK, we're going to our party is not going to win this final and it's not going to win in November. So maybe I ought to select somebody from the other side who is a little bit more towards the center. We've seen in the last general election mm-hmm. since 2018. So, you know, that that's the logic of many of the voters in the electorate. But I mm-hmm. think that it's a healthier way to do this stuff. And additionally, my pitch to the parties, uh, at least one party, the Democratic Party, because um, there's got to be buy-in and reforming primaries. It, you're kind of relinquishing power. It does make you recompetitive in some of the districts where you've been drawn out based on some of the math, right? So I think that that's the benefit that they need to look at. Uh, and consider because it'll help get the extremism out.
That's go to the voters, change the rules of the game. And by the way, it's not it's no longer just a theoretical thing. They did that in California. They did that in Alaska. And interestingly, one of the most liberal and one of the most conservative states in America have both, in effect, done it. There's slight differences mm-hmm. in the in the rule. But but I think the principle that you uh, espoused is evident in both cases, which is everybody faces all the voters all the time. And you can combine this with uh, instant runoff if you want, or you can have a separate a separate instant runoff is essentially if your 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 candidate is last, you you get to pick who you want that vote reallocated yep. to until you're down yep. to two. I, so I think the important point is, you know, that's a multi-year effort. And I think all of these real solutions are multi-year efforts. I don't think anything's mm-hmm. going to be solved within the next six months or before the next election cycle. We were talking a little bit before we got on air, regulating some of these social media companies to get back to the syndication of misinformation and policing that is going to be really important because you mentioned earlier, if you can't even agree on a same set of facts, there's not a lot of room to to compromise on issues, right? That's dicey area, though. It's in, very dicey. In that, in the, it's all in the how-to. We would all love to not have misinformation um, accelerated at the same time these are private entities and the First Amendment says you, know, you can more or less say anything. You know, anytime. Well, and uh, they, they get it wrong sometimes. I mean, it turns out that Hunter Biden was up to some. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. And and they suppress that. And, and you don't want. You, you, yeah. So that's the danger of suppression. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't trust us to suppress speech. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it is a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think if you quit rewarding it with the way we do elections, that, yep. that that's probably. Right. You, know, you see it outside of the political realm. Look what happened to Silicon Valley Bank. Mm-hmm. Part of their problem was just a, a you know gas poured on the fire. Oh, no, go get your money out of there. And really, they were fundamental in many regards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fundamentally sound in many regards. Just they, they had a run well, on the bank. Well, and they, driven by prior to that, media. they had invested in the, the safest yeah. things in the world, which were U.S. government treasury bonds, but they were long term. And therefore, the risk of that was – an increase in interest rates, and all of a sudden your bond is worth less. Yep. And that's yeah. exactly they had other problems. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, my point is just it got accelerated by yeah. Yeah. I, by the panic and hysteria of social media, and a lot yeah. of it was misinformation. Yeah, I don't know what. Are you, back to social media, I don't know. Is the we've seen some movement in that where people put up stuff. You're not suppressing the false statement, mm-hmm. but there's a little thing after it that says, you know, this has been demonstrated untrue. Click here for the analysis. Of it, Snopes and entities yeah. like that. You've got to combat it somehow. And, you know, my biggest concern is that before any of this gets better is mm-hmm. we've got this new movement in the AI side of things, right, where mm-hmm. these deep fakes are going to start finding their way into political campaigns. And that's going to be a whole new ball game that people are going to have to try and debunk. Um, so you've got to put some real thought into this. I don't want to suppress free speech by any means, but we've got to we've got to have some guardrails up because otherwise this is just going to continue to get out of control. Tyler, I got to ask you a question. I, I, I keep on coming back to the you know, current state of the Republican Party. I look at views like yours, mainstream conservative Republican views of MAGA. You guys agree on almost nothing. I, I mean, you don't like Democrats. OK, that, that's that's about it. <laughs> oh, we get along just fine. <laughs> I mean, I but drive I, a pickup you... truck. I have guns. <laughs> yeah. I go to church every week. I hate tofu. I, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a Republican, but uh, by traditional definitions. But yeah, I don't agree with a, a whole swath of what they've got going now. So 
is there really a big enough tent that you both fit under it? I just don't see another path to affect change other than staying in and, mm-hmm. and working on it and having patience and and trying to burn through it. Uh, you know, a third party just doesn't have a history of working. I mean, you got to go way back. We got to go to the Whigs in the 1840s right. when they did that, yeah. Yeah. And, there, and and that resulted in the creation of the Republican Party. Yeah, you got if you a couple of them trying to make a run at it. Good, good for them. I don't think it's going to. Well, work. it's rules of the, it's rules of the game here, and the rules of the game in America doesn't say it literally, but it really uh, pushes us to two parties. There's a reason mm-hmm. why parliamentary systems and proportional representation have many parties. In order to have a third party, whenever we've had one, it's been temporary. It means one of the parties is dying and it's being picked up by something else. I just don't see how, what's the ultimate, clearly the MAGA faction is a big group. Currently uh, in voters, more than half the current, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, that would be my question to you. Is, you know, and it, it appears to me there's a anger and there's a belief system out there that is going to transcend Trump. There, there is there is a movement there yeah. that isn't just Donald Trump. It's populism, right? It's yeah. it's it's uh, with a with a touch of white nationalism, Christian mm-hmm. nationalism, mm-hmm. and and I don't want to say that there's not some valid things in the movement. Um, you know, making sure America works for everybody and the blue collar folks. And, you know, let's not dismiss everything. There's some real angst driving that that I think is authentic and should be addressed. But I don't, you know, they're, they're in this post-truth world. I think any good political movement's based off of truth, off of, you know, we can disagree about what to do about the facts, but let's agree on the facts. Well, they're, let's they're respect in the institutions. Maybe therein we get to something a little more basic is it's about education, but there seems to be a movement to kind of sanitize history, mm-hmm. you know, and particularly you look at what's going on and and that propensity to label as uh, CRT Anything that talks of, I mean, I think it was somewhere in Florida. They said, well, some of the one parent re- objected to telling the story of Rosa Parks with a racial tinge. Well, take out the racial tinge. There's no story. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> How mean, do you do that? That's what it's about. Right. Right. So I, I think CRT, there's components of it that are, that are garbage, you know, mm-hmm. to suggest that somebody is going to be racist no matter what because of their race is racist, right? And and but, I, I, my response to that was if a teacher goes off the reservation on that one, they should be corrected. Yeah, that, they should absolutely. say – and it's you don't fire them because that, that's terrorizing. The principal should say, hey, rein it in. But there should be no facts in our history that are off limits to discuss. Absolutely, right? We want the rigor of that. I, I, I want my kids to learn about – Racism and how it was institutionalized and anti-Semitism and 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 every it's important that we don't sanitize that out. But you know the nature of the the culture wars is that you you take the 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 fringe and I call, you know I, I call it nut picking. You pick the nuts and you say that's. The other, yeah, the other that's side. That's what they are. You know, the yeah. Republicans, it's Marjorie Taylor Greene. The Democrats, mm-hmm. they're all Bernie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just not true. And 
you know, like the fights over o- abortion, okay, a 15-week ban. Well, guess what? 95% of the abortions happen within that. And if you have that, and everyone knows it, it'll be 98. Yeah. And most percent. of the other cases are pretty awful extreme cases. That's right. So, yeah. you know, what's the fight over? You know, CRT. I don't, you know, is this happening everywhere? I don't think it's happening in Arizona. I mean, yeah. I think that's there, You the, may that's pick out some case where some teacher just went a little too far and that ought to be you know, the subject of a private, uh, you know, meeting with the principal. Stern conversation <laughs> with the principal. Yeah, yeah, hey, it, know, it just occupies is, an outsized uh, yeah, yeah. piece of uh, the, it, it, the it, debate. It, right. You're talking about the most extreme case that may happen at some point, but it is so rare as to not merit being a na- part, subject of national yeah. political debate. We, we need to, 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 part of the thing is we need to check out of these culture wars. Mm-hmm. They're stupid, but... Both parties use them to generate anger, fear, mm-hmm. which is political energy. And you can harness that and then you, you can use it to win and, elections. And on the commercial side, you mentioned social media. The problem was Facebook discovered that they're in the eyeball business. The more eyeballs yep. they get on more stuff and the thing that 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 gets them going, the extremist stuff just yeah, just sucks eyeballs in the, the click betification. They make more money. <laughs> mm-hmm. They make yeah, more no, the money with that with stuff. that kind of stuff in right. there because people get worked up. Get worked up, and and the unfortunate side effect is that it drives us to extremism in our politics. Amen. Couldn't agree more on that. I mean, I think the the othering of the most extremes is what drives us apart. I do think that you know media does share some responsibility in that in terms mm-hmm. of. Um, Dictating what our eyeballs are glued to. Obviously, we have the Trump indictment last week. And that that's our closing point. I just want to say the sad point of that is doesn't that just rev everybody apart from the you know, we, we've got conflicting one. No, nobody should be immune from, you know, from the same laws we all live by at the right. same time. It's hard for me not to see a negative consequence of this in terms of just ramping up if there's a significant group that believes that this was all political. Trump loves this thing. Yeah. 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 That's and that's what's driving me crazy is, is last week, you know, filming him on the the tarmac and, you know, following him to, to his apartment and what route is he going to take on the highway? It's just okay, let's not treat it like the Thanksgiving Day parade, okay? Move on in the news cycle. It's not a reality TV show and I think that's the that's the problem we've been dwelling with for the last 7 years plus. Well, and you've got an actor here who benefits from yep. from cranking that up and if if I mean, he's, his only defense seems to be well, it's political. And that'll know. work for him. He'll, well, he'll send fundraising emails on it, and that's the other component is yeah. as long as these leaders feel like they can make money off of it and that there's an audience yeah. for it, they'll keep up the well, behavior. Look, look at Carrie Lake and her yep. election yeah. front. She's what, over $3 million now? Yep. Losing, losing in every every instance in case, but the yep. money keeps Getting rolling rich, in. So, uh, well, guys, you've utterly depressed me. <laughs> I, I brought you guys in here to give me a sense of hope. I think we've identified some paths. They're rocky mm-hmm. paths, and they're not yeah. shortcuts by any means. But you got to put in the work. You got to build consensus. But I think if if folks like me well, and Tyler uh, keep up a rapport, uh, there's and, hope. And I think Tyler, you're right on the issue. If everybody has to face all the voters all the time, that will that will eliminate not so much force an outcome as eliminate a byproduct of the current system accidentally uh, just aids people at the most extreme faction of both parties. It, that will put the adults back in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, I don't 
think anybody agrees that we're putting our best and brightest into mm-hmm. office. Thank you both. Thank you. Matt Gradsky, Tyler Montag, have you guys back again. I hope it's been enlightening, if depressing. (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening to this, you found the podcast, I invite you to subscribe. And uh, uh, you can do that by going to KTAR.com. And there's a page that says podcast. Or if you're in your podcast player, uh, you search for KTAR. You'll see three or four KTAR shows in there, one of which is this one. See you next week. (laughs) 